Welcome to the Afternoon Nap. Welcome. I am your co-host, Alex. With me, as always, Freddie. We are doing White Lotus. We're going to try to do every single episode like we did with House of the Dragon. And we'll be combining it with a kind of movie pod with every single episode. Yeah, so there are these movies. Sharon, we're going to be doing this episode. We're going to talk about uh, Triangle of Sadness, yeah. maybe Armageddon Time. I, I don't think we're going to talk about like Barbarian in this section because it's just it's not an Oscar movie. Yeah, we're talking like Oscar Beatty stuff. Yeah, the people that are trying to get yeah. nominated. Like, despite the fact, like you know, we might be having this conversation of you know, does the Oscars matter? Does it not matter? What, and what why kind of, this movie would maybe be getting the yeah, Oscar. It, and also, what does we're going to be talking about subject matter of what does Oscar Beatty mean? Right, like uh, we're going to talk about, oh, this is a genre film. This is kind of not a genre film. Why that maybe matters for the process of getting a nomination in the future. So yeah, yeah. that'd be really cool to look at. And that's what we're going to be doing. Have the White Lotus episodes combining with these and maybe we'll do some stuff in the middle as well that's not yeah, yeah, yeah. well I, alex finally got on the andor train <laughs> andor's best show on tv right yeah, now. yeah best show on tv right. we're, we're definitely i think we'll probably wait for the prison arc to be over and then we'll, we'll yeah, probably so we'll cover everything two, up till two then. andor pods maybe all right let's get into white lotus right now the show starts as season one did with kind of the end of a murder we see a body we don't know who it is the show starts with daphne our kind of blonde, airhead, sort of trophy wife-ish character. Yeah, the right? Theo James. The Theo James' wife. And she sees a murder after she had a great week at the White Lotus. Which is like something I really loved. I was like, oh, okay, so we know she had a great week. I don't know about anybody else. But so that means that stuff happens that maybe she didn't see. Or maybe she had a plan that we don't know exactly. Did it come into fruition? All we know is that she had a great time. She had a great time. Which is like something I love. And also, because I we know the way Mike White kind of wrote season one, which is like he, he just kept writing shit. And then it was like, oh, well, I'm going to have to figure out who got murdered. I hope. He like just wrote like ah she had a great trip and now I have to make sure through my writing that if anything her trip's great. Now this one does seem a little bit more planned than season one. You watch season one and you're like, how is all these stories coming well, together? There are all these different groups of people and personalities, and do they actually come together? We you know in season one, I their storylines really did not come together, which is fine. But I feel like this season we were gonna get a little bit more. Uh, cutting them connective all, all, all coming together. So in that, did you want to get into how what I think the connective tissue is going to be yet? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we kind of so there's these prostitute characters. There's one of, prostitute. Ah, uh, then there's the friend of the prostitute. There's one prostitute who will probably end up prostituting by the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> she she goes for Chrissy, Michael Imperioli's character, and you know we kind of think based off the the trailer they do at the end of the episode for the this season on it, White Lotus, it kind of looks like. She is going to get entangled with every man or at least close to every man and maybe woman 
in this yeah, show. Yeah. Like, I honestly, she could end up sleeping with Jennifer Coolidge. I wouldn't even be that surprised. Like, no, but I'm saying she could get all three of the uh, the Italian men. She could get both yeah, husbands. I knew, that, I knew that's what you really wanted. You were like, yeah, she you wanted to sleep with every with, with every, all the all three generations of men of that family. Well, it could have been cool if she knocks on the door of Albie. And, you know, she's like, um, I'm looking for, oh, you know, your father, actually. Oh. That could have been cool to see because there is a little bit of resentment with Albie towards his father, Michael Imperioli's character. And that could be a cool way of getting into it. But uh, the murder is the is the real thing that kind of draws us into yeah, yeah. Well, each episode. Also, I really like this season. They're 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 saying this is the template Multiple of what the show murders is. this they season. Said, mo- also, they said how many people were murdered? A few. I'm like, that's great. Because that's great we don't stuff. know how many. We don't even know how many. We know it's more than one. But like you know, we know it's not ten. A few is it's probably not less. 10. It's probably two or three. That's why it's probably three. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, but is it like a little banshee's, like you know, little little uh, not real death? Oh, you mean not human death? Not human death. Not human death. Uh, we'll have to go off to see on that. What is that. it? Uh, succession? No real people involved. Yeah, no real people. Well, honestly, you know, it could be like characters we have not met yet. Also, there's still more actors. Uh, well, we've only met really three people that really work at the hotel. We well, met- oh, I more met like uh, there's more guests and just uh, like big name actors or at least big name to me actors yeah let's bring in like, like jack uh, black well like tom hollander he is not uh, holland not hollander he's uh he's a british actor i really like uh not holland though no 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 no, 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 no a different no, no, guy no, no, from completely england completely different guy completely different guy completely different guy i know he's gonna be showing up still i think there are more people that we're gonna learn about and the, actually working at the hotel because we did not really get a grasp of how the things are running. Because I know in the first episode of White Lotus Season 1, it was all about how does a hotel like this run? Who are the players at the helm? And yeah. how does, you know, because the very first episode, we have that woman who's pregnant. And, you know, yeah. Murray Bartlett has no idea what's even going on. Armand. Right. So, but there is a murderer in the show, like there was in Season 1. But we don't watch the show for the murder. Like, several times throughout Season 1, we forgot. I forgot that someone was even murdered. I was edit. like, well, I guess the murder is just going to happen in the last step. I remember you saying that. I'm like, what murder? And I'm like, oh, yeah, the beginning of season one, someone dies and plops yeah, no, there. I, I kept being like, oh, so he's the murderer. I, right, I was like, plops, plops in the first scene or whatever. You know what I mean? Jake Lacey's character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is, so there is the connective tissue there. But what we really get at with this show is the personalities. Because we just stick a bunch of people in a hotel, privilege, some not privilege, right? We can judge them. We can root for them. We hate them. Maybe we want to root for some of them. We don't. And that's really the the part of the show that gets us watching. Well, well that's the concept of this whole show is that we have a specific model that we're going to do every season right now. You're going, We're going to show you a murder. I'm going to show you that somebody was murdered at the beginning of the season. We're going to tell you one person that, you know, is off the board. That person wasn't murdered. We're going to give you that. And then you uh, just have characters and to then, run with. And then next, and then we're going to skip to seven days earlier and we're just going to be on a boat. And we're gonna introduce you to our players, and that's and that. And the murder really doesn't matter, seem to see. The the ma- the murder doesn't matter until it happens, right? Because that that's what happened in season one. It did not matter until it happened. Now, what could be cool is you know the murder happens episode six, and then episode seven we have to deal with it. That that could be kind of cool if they do something like that. This no, season. but we're not watching to see who gets murdered. No, we're watching we're, well, to see a bunch of people in a hotel get it. You know. Get, get into hijinks and riffs. have like political commentary. Like I got to be honest, some of the my favorite stuff from this episode was I love a binge. Yeah, the fork, the two couples sitting together is like, what do you watch? 
documentaries. And I instantly was like, I hate these guys. And then the guy pulled out, oh, Ted Lasso. Was like, oh, ah. We all love Ted Lasso. <laughs> it's like everybody watches Ted Lasso. And Theo James is like, oh, of course. So, so I think we should break down the group. So we, uh, I one met- sec, though. You one sec. One more, one more thing, just edging on with this, is that, uh, yeah, I mean, we watch the show for the people. And, you know, Mike White did a really good job as well in this episode, is we don't point fingers. Right, Mike White never judges anybody. Well, I, that's because I kept waiting for like Theo James, the bad guy, and he's not. No, nobody, nobody is externally a bad person. They, they, may, they, they just may have are who they are. They may do bad things. Everybody's got bad actions that they've committed, right? And some people have the ability to inflict harm on more people because they just have that much money that they can actually do stuff. Yeah, like, right. Like, uh, like Jennifer Coolidge telling Haley Lou Richardson, like. You can don't I don't want to sue you, but I still want you here to be doing all that work. Yeah. Right? Like what work? She hasn't done any actual work. Like if you look on the outside, you're like, oh, is uh is Jennifer Coolidge a bad person? Maybe not, but she did a bad thing there. And is she a good person? No. We, we don't know, right? Because we are just people. And Mike White is a really good dub because he doesn't share his own opinion. And that's what makes his show so real always. Well, he he's just putting real people on the screen. It's people he knows about. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that one line I love is when Haley Richardson calls her friend. He's like, just get some dick. You know what I mean? And I'm like, you see, that's a real conversation, <laughs> yeah, But I'm also like, him, him, Mike White just writing like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 23-year-old girl's hilarious stuff. All right. So, yeah, like you said, the way to go about this, I guess, is to break down each players and I'm, I'm assu- see how they interact. I'm assuming we should start just with the hooker because we mentioned No, I, I thought we'd start with the three generation of dudes. Let's go, let's go for it. All right. So we have Michael Imperioli, Chrissy... You know, Moltisanti's character, Dominic DeGrasso, right? And he is playing a, a big wig from Hollywood. And the way I like to see it is there was Chrissy. And if you watch the show California Cation, the final... Yeah, final season. The final season, he plays a showrunner of a TV show. And that's like if Chrissy left the life and actually pursued Hollywood. And then... We get from there, we get this guy, and he's on a white lotus with his family, and he's kind of emasculated. Isn't that literally the guy who made a Bronx Tale? Didn't he, like, leave the life and he joined Hollywood? No, I don't know. De Niro made a Bronx Tale. The guy who wrote it, you mean? The guy who wrote it and and led the movie. I have no idea. Yeah, I think that guy was in the life, though. It could have been, too. That's pretty cool to think about. But uh, Imperioli's character is uh, his wife fucking hates him because I guess he cheated on her. That's where we're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Like He's like... Cheated on her like, like, like the double digits amount of times. Like he is like that phone call implied to me that he is like he is just like so many times he's been like I'll never cheat on you again and like a day later he's just doing it. Yeah, she is like yelling at him like just I'm fucking done with you. And you're like and you feel so bad for him, but then you know no I I really didn't feel bad for him. Oh like. You know, because I just see him as Chrissy. You, you saw him as Chrissy. You you were watching this. It's <laughs> like where you killed so many people. How are you like this? How you you feel so like emasculated? No, right? no, I know you like to think that's uh, if uh, him and Adriana got out. Right. So we have Chrissy, Dominic DeGrasso, and then his father, F. Murray Abraham's Bur- Bert DeGrasso, and he's just farts and makes women feel uncomfortable. I just love F. Murray Abraham. I'm no, a- and his whole character is just making women feel really uncomfortable. And I, you know, we're here to see it. And, I, no, and also just like being old and like falling and farting. <laughs> you like, thought that falling scene was fake, didn't you? There's a, there's like a 10%, 20% of them is like, you don't want to fall, I'm going to get that girl's attention. Like, I mean, there's a part of him. And also the way he recovered, he was like, you know what? I didn't fall on purpose, but we're going to make it seem like I did. Like, he's like, he's at all times, he's, you know, he's a Don Juan 
out there out there looking for some tail. And that and you know that's supposed to tell us a little bit kind of like who his son is. His son is doesn't think he's like that Michael Michael Perioli, but from what I can tell, he actually kind of is like that. Right. So we have them and then we have their son Albie who is a kid He's like a teenager going into college. No, no, he's he's in college. He's, he's in like, college. He's like, I, I, he could be nineteen twenty probably. So I even think he's twenty one. I think he can drink. I think he he can, can drink because it's Italy. It doesn't matter. Well, yeah, it's Italy. But I, I like the the three stages of like um of kind of like male adulthood and that what that does to everybody. Like F. Murray F. Murray Abraham's character is kind of like I'm I'm like away from this fear of doing all this stuff. Like he he's a guy that doesn't give a fuck about life really anymore in, in the way that like most people be insecure about talking to this woman who like is just there to bring them their bags yeah and he's I know. like no fuck it like i want you to to go on this trip to this random town in italy and be our translator yeah and, I want, and maybe a little bit something more yeah like but well, right we, now we just need a translator it's italy like anything goes right? yeah, it's italy right and then imperioli's character his son is like dealing with like large-scale, like, family repercussions because he's at the stage of his life where, you know, maybe midlife crisis he's having or something really bad is happening. And Albie's kind of at the beginning of the life, and he's, like, condescending towards everything. He's kind of like, oh, anything could happen. I can meet this girl on this trip, Haley Richardson, and we could have a relationship. It doesn't matter because... And it's kind of like all three stages. Like, Albie at the dinner table is just being, like, a fucking dick to, like, his grandfather. Yeah. So like, I don't think anybody should ever see... Over fifty year old well, people's well, penises. Well, well, it's disgusting. Well, well, also, my computer is like fifty ain't that old. What are we talking about? Like, it, it, it's the three stages: kind of young adult to well, adult. Well, but also, it feels like a very like you know. I feel like he does heightened but real conversations. Like this, this is like you know. I I know guys that like think like fifty years old. Ugh, I shouldn't be fucking at fifty. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like you're gonna? Of course you're you're gonna be doing that. What what are we talking about here? <laughs> like you're just gonna give up that yeah, aspect of your you're life. You're just gonna <laughs> give up that entire your entire sexual life is gonna be gone at, at by the time you turn fifty. Like what are you talking about? Like here? you could live to a hundred. That's like that could be so, half well, no, your no, life. I know he's like I'm I'm still very viral. I'm still. I already say uh, Vero. Vero. Yeah, he is technically. You can have yeah, no, kids. I, we've like, watched like, Game of Thrones. We know. No, I just love how he's like. I, I could have a kid. I could have a kid tomorrow. I'm like, yo, F. Marie Abraham, just trying to have another yeah. kid. Yeah. And throughout this episode, you're like, why did these guys take this trip together? They don't like each other. There's no. There's no love there. What's going on? <laughs> I know. Well, they're there to visit F. Marie Abraham's wife or mother. Was not sure because I think they. No, 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 not visit. They're like this is like where. No, the gravesite. And yeah, the gravesite. Yeah, I think it's like of his grandmother even. I think it's. It's the mother of F. Marie Abraham. It could be. It could that's be. What, that's what it seems like to me. All right. So we uh, we move on to Coolidge and Greg. They're back together. Well, again, so Greg... Still, still together. Greg is actually... I forgot Greg was in season one. Oh, you forgot that was the guy from season one? Yeah, that's what I was like. Did she just get married to a different guy? No, they got married between seasons, though. Right. Greg has realized that Coolidge is an absolute annoying well, asshole. Well, also, it doesn't seem like he's died yet. Like when we when we met him in uh, seems like he's unhappy. Season, in, when we no, when we met him in season one, he was like, yeah, I could I could die tomorrow. Cancer. And it's like, well, obviously he hasn't died tomorrow. Seems he's looking pretty healthy. Yeah, honestly, he is. I was like really worried for him in season one. Coolidge seems head over heels in love with him still, but he he's like, she's like knocking on the door, and he's like, "Fuck, damn it!" You know, he's like trying to get away from her as much as possible. Well, one of my favorite scenes is they go to the di- they go to the dinner thing at night, and he's like, "Oh, I've I've uh, I've heard so much about you," and you're just like, "Oh, he's been talking nothing but shit this whole time." Yeah. 
It's like my, my piece of shit wife's about to come. Ugh. He he hates he hates her. He hates her. And that's why I am kind of thinking that she is the one of the first to die in the show. You you're like, oh, let's kill off Jennifer Coolidge. That's all you want. Because it, it's gonna be a big mess up for the audience. They're not gonna. Yeah, see I know. Coming. Also, especially after her just winning the Emmy, it's like she ooh. wins the Emmy. Everybody's like, let's go. Coolidge is back. We, she's never been better since American Pie. She's never been this high, right? And then you kill her off. It could have been her leg in Chaos. the water. Two broke girls. Don't insult the show. Oh, what a waste of time. I am actually a avid Coolidge hater, so that's okay. Do you think it's better, though, the way they've integrated her with the assistant? Yes. I think the assistant has really Cause, added cause stuff the, to it, her. What they did in season one was show her as such a kind person of wealth. And from the beginning of this show, and at the end, you obviously see her and Belinda kind of break off. But in the beginning of the show, they're like, yeah, this is what fucking wealth is. Hey, do a, go in that room. Even if you don't have food, do you think I give a fuck if you have food or not? I don't. I'm Jennifer fucking Coolidge. I'm Jennifer fucking Coolidge. And also, it's great is whenever I hear Jennifer Coolidge in interviews, it's like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Jesus, like, that's just who she is. That is kind of like, she even talked about herself bringing packet, bringing yeah. uh, the, all the suitcases on trips with her. And uh, I just think Coolidge is more of the character than Mike White making the character. Right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 100%. Coolidge is this character. I guarantee Mike White, because Mike White, Writes and directs every episode. Mike White's like, yo, just Does he like, direct every ep? Writes, directs every episode. Because he's just Ned fucking Schneebly. But also, he's just like, well, you know, let's go on an Italian... The first one was like, let's go to Hawaii and well, because he had gone to Hawaii every year on a, yeah. ride, on a writer's trip. And he's like... We can't go back to Hawaii. Let, well, let's go to Italy now. Oh, what a shame. What's a destination you'd want to see later on? Like, what's your top? I know we had spoken in season one after that, which destinations we'd want to see. Well, I'm just like thinking, I think like a nice like Swiss Alps could be That's why I thought fun. snow cabin, because first of all, you can make it small. Everybody's kind of confined in the small hotel area. Well, also, it feels like, you know, like th- these two seasons are very going to be very sunny and very much by the beach. And I feel like... Why you can't know, you just go back to the Overlook Hotel? You want to go? No. Why not? No, no, Let's no. go to the Overlook. How cool would that be? White Lotus Overlook. I love, That's hysterical. How cool would that be? Yeah, but I, I don't think we're going to... Uh, I think we're going to be staying international. I think like I, I think he never wants to go stateside. I feel like Hawaii was the closest... Like, like lower 48, yeah. No, also, if he just like decided, like, I want to do a season in Japan... That also could be that would badass. Be, the, the cultural stuff is so much more prevalent there. Like the differences. Well, I I think uh, you should do uh, somewhere snowy next. That that's my that, that's my pick. That's my pick. You should do like a Swiss Alps, something like that. Yeah, the snowy stuff works. I don't know how much I want to see people skiing. You know what I mean? Like I feel like people are going on this what? trip. There's be an episode of skiing. You know what I mean? They're not gonna be skiing every day. They're just gonna do people, episode. but people go there to ski. No, I know, but they'll just. just like, if people are going on these trips to Italy, and they're going to Hawaii to relax. Yeah. And I think that that's a better way of showing kind of the relationships, of people just chilling all day. Well, no, but also, uh, this season sounds like they're going to be taking trips and doing stuff inside Italy. So yeah, but you the have, show's going to be branching out. Yeah, a you got a large more. cast. You couldn't do any of that in the Alps. Like, also, is there any other, like, locales you're like... That I really want to see? Like, obviously, you can go upon the whole European coast, but what do I actually really want to check out? Maybe South America? Because you can see the real disparages of wealth going on over there. Ooh, South America could be. You go to Brazil. Fun. Yeah, I'm thinking that's what I was thinking. Brazil. If you just, if you even just want to do Mexico, wouldn't be. A good yeah, because you could see the real disparity of wealth going yeah. on over there. Now, also, what could just be funny is he's just like Canada. 
Let's just do a Canadian resort. I don't know who's going on vacation. Who's going to, like, like that rich? I don't yeah, know. I know. It's hard to tell how rich he's going to be. No, I, I, I'm going to stick by the Swiss Alps. I think that's like a fun. But I think Brazil would be fun. Barcelona. Yeah. It's not fun. I just think it 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 adds more to, well, the, to the themes yeah, of, yeah. of privilege. Well, also, I like, you know, uh, we haven't really got to uh, these people yet, but this idea of. We're getting uh, to the couples right now. Well, I was talking about the staff. The, oh, yeah. the, the the staff is a different type of staff. Like, what is what being nice and caring about uh, yeah, the, your people is different. The cultural differences are showing. Well, she, like being like, oh, you're so old. How did you make this trip? No, I'm surprised you came through for all the way from Los Angeles because you're yeah. old. It must be tough. And yeah. she's, she's trying to pay him a compliment. And he's like, the fuck is that going Yeah, that's an here? insult to in America. It, it is an insult. I think, first of all, how is, I that, don't think, how is that not an insult in, in Well, Italy? you're supposed to believe her. She didn't think of that as an insult, though, when she said that. You know what I mean? It's weird. All right, we got the couples now. Aubrey. Aubrey Plaza. Controlling wife to her uh, new money husband, maybe. Tech. Will Sharp, her husband. It sounds like uh, Theo James bought the company or got or helped get it sold. Hard Unclear. To, I think that they're just boys. No, 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 no. They literally say there. There's literally a line. Where she's no, like, she's saying you think he's gonna hit you up with a money making scheme. That was the no, line. no, no. Before that, uh, she says, "Oh, you guys sell your company. Uh, he helps you sell the company, and we're all and we're all buddy buddy now." That's uh, like an, that's an actual line. All right, fine. So they're there as kind of like a couple's trip with Theo James and his wife. Again, Theo James in Theo James invited them to go on this trip with again with and his wife is Daphne, the girl from the, the blonde lady from the beginning of the yeah. show. Who o- only person we know is a great time. Has only. a really great time, right? So uh, w- at first glance, it seems like again the couples are kind of awkward to each other. The Will Sharp and Theo James. They're they're longtime friends, but how how great of friends are they? Well, really? it's yeah, constantly. You know, he was my roommate. I wouldn't call us friends though. A lot of shared experience, but it seemed from from my point of view, it seems like they're there to invite them in an orgy. It seems like it's it's an orgy ready to happen. Theo James goes up with Aubrey Plaza to get swim trunks. And oh he, yeah, then he just, he just he he drops Chow. He just like open. He, she's in the other room. She can clearly see him, and he just. You know, changes right pretty much. That right. was a hundred percent on purpose. That right? was on purpose, right? And Theo James and his wife are complete opposites to Aubrey Plaza and his and her husband, right? They're kind of you're more New York, kind of not necessarily elitist, but yeah, they're kind of elitist. They're discrimin- oh, they're definitely elitist. They're discriminatory to those who don't watch the news as much as they do. They don't read as much as they do, right? Well, actually, they're really showing two sides of the spectrum. It's either you, all you do is you pay attention to the news, or you don't listen to the news whatsoever. And that feels very like real to reality. You know, this idea of like either it's the only thing you care about, or you don't care right. about it whatsoever. This section of the country, or this section of like the ideological country, will will listen to the news no matter what, and they'll worry about all this stuff, and that'll be on their mind. And the other side maybe is a little bit more happy-go-lucky with how they spend their time, right? They're they're not watching uh, they're not watching documentaries. They're watching Dateline. Yeah, right. They're not watching uh, a great line when she's like, "Oh, nothing's better than you know murdering husbands," and I'm like, "Whoa!" Yeah, it was great stuff. And everybody, and Aubrey Plaza with the digs this episode. I think we're all looking at you, Theo James. That was really good. 
Yeah. I like Aubrey Plaza's character. We I think we know again who all three of those are. We know who Aubrey is. We understand who Theo is and his wife. But Will is kind of again, he's being controlled by his by his wife a little bit. We don't really know who he is and what he what he yeah, thinks. Yeah, about. it's like it's a big deal even him just getting the fishy ones. Like that even to that, that that's Yeah, the the relationship differences between Theo and Will and how they did with their wives are, you know, a little cool. Again, the relationship between Theo and his wife seems really good compared to Aubrey and their yeah. husband. They seem to be in, like, you know, they're they're fighting with each other. Again, like, play fighting with each other. They have, like, a real sexual relationship. Yeah, it really felt like uh, Aubrey Plaza is, like, very sexually... Uh like she just she's not getting her needs met or something like that. She likes like to that. control her husband. That's what. Yeah, she's yeah, doing. but she's not. But because of that, she's not having a lot of sex. And they they really said this season's going to be a much sexier season. Well, we didn't really have any sex. In no, we really didn't. Like we had, um, you know, what's her name who had the relation the, like affair with uh, the person who worked there. We didn't really see them have sex at all. Well, we did see what's his face's uh, penis. Though. Steve Zahn. Yeah, or? we did see Steve Zahn. Yeah, and we saw. We already saw Theo James's penis. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. You think they're using their real penises? Like if you got, like if you, if you're an actor and you got and you got something you're proud of, go for it. Like why not? I Alex, know. in a show like White Lotus, I would assume they are. Maybe not for the not for the uh, St- uh, Steve Zahn scene. But the Theo James scene, I wouldn't be surprised if that was his real penis. Like that, I would right? be surprised if that was his real penis. Oh, you would be? Yeah, come on. Why would you want to do that? If you're acting in a show like this? If you're like, I if you if you're like, I got something, I'm proud of it, I got no issue. You're just on the, the HBO track for showing your penis in a bunch of shit. Exactly. That's, I don't know if I want to be on that track. Well, I, I, I don't think Theo James cares he's on that He's going to be a teacher next but, season of Euphoria sleeping with students, all right? Exactly. And you know what? No one's going to give a is crap. He, he no, but that would be like a really, you know, guidance counselor sleeping with Sydney Sweetney would probably be the role that he takes next year. Oh, I'm actually, I'm so down for that as a storyline. <laughs> I, I, I got no issue. Thank God we have not gotten. Do we know any teachers in that show? Have we been in class once? No. I think if you're in class in Euphoria, that takes away the mystique of these 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 people are more than just children. They're not. They're like babies, right? Yeah. Like Sydney Sweeney's character, Alex Demi's character. Asking them if they can, them asking in a classroom if they can use the bathroom takes away from the show. Yeah, yeah completely. You don't want to see that. All right. So uh, other than that, we have the new manager and we have her second in command, and she seems to be really controlling. But we really don't know what's going on with the structure of the place, so who's running it. We don't know. Well, we know that the... The woman in charge, she's a little controlling, I guess. Yeah, I just... No, I, I don't know. She's kicking she's kicking hookers out. That's kind of her I, job. I just loved... I just loved you made the comment. Like, you know, no one's better at hide and seek than hookers. I just like how you were just like... Yeah, that woman, she just disappears out of nowhere. I don't know where she went. I just love how you were just like, no no, no, no one knows how to hide better than a hooker. I just right. think that was hysterical. Yeah, I mean, she... She looks like she's been doing this for a long time. Yeah, 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 she knows yeah. what she's doing. She's not afraid. She's got the confidence. So how did she like get in contact with Imperioli? That's what I did not figure out. It feels like Imperioli got in contact with her. Well, again, he's got the he's got the connections in Italy. We know that he's Chrissy Malfasanti. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Well, you know, we know from the Sopranos that he's got the heroin connects in Italy. But yeah, I mean, like, listen, when you're when you're going at you know, two heroin hits a night at the Bada Bing with some hookers. Like, <laughs> like this is nothing for him. This is nothing. All right. Uh, goddamn Chrissy. All right. We're, uh, we'll be back for episode two of White Lotus next week. All right. Let's do Ban... We're going to Banshees next.
Harlem Sonny Larry. Didn't you? He used to be the best of friends. We're still the best of friends. No, you're not. Who says we're not? Sit somewhere else. Now, if I've done something to you, just tell me what I've done to you. Well, you didn't do anything to me. I just don't like you no more. You didn't like me yesterday. Why does he not want to be friends with you no more? Why is he 12? What the hell's going on with you, me feckin' brother? He's dull, Siobhan. But he's always been dull. The other night, two hours, you spent talking to me about the things you found in your little donkey shite that day. Well, it wasn't me little donkey shite. It was me pony shite, which shows how much you were listening. If you don't stop talking to me... Colin! And if you don't stop bothering me, I have a set of shears at home. And each time you bother me from this day on, I'll take those shears and I'll take one of my fingers off with them. And I'll give that finger to you until I have no fingers left. All right, Banshees of Inishirin. On a small, fake island off the coast of Ireland, one day, Colm Doherty, who's Brendan Gleeson, he doesn't want to be friends anymore with Podrick, Colin Farrell. And that's kind of it. Colm thinks of Farrell as dull, and he's not conversation-worthy. Calm gets older. He's like, I don't want to waste my time with this loser Padraic. And he's like, I'm not going to be friends with you anymore. And then it all comes to a close when uh, Calm Doherty, Brendan Gleeson's like, if you don't stop talking to me, I'm going to cut off me fingers. Yeah. So and that's it. That's, yeah, that's yeah. the movie. We're going to try to be a little spoiler free. at least. But that's in the, in the trailer here. what I yeah, just everything said. Here, so here's the big thing when I say spoiler free. Other than like stuff maybe in like in the third act. There's not a lot to spoil in this film. Right. We're mostly just going over ca- what the yeah. characters are because yeah, yeah. the show, this movie's all yeah. characters. Well, I yeah, also I kind of want to like really what the theme is because this movie is acting a real is asking a really specific question. What matters more, uh, the work you do and the work you leave behind when you die, or the fun you have with your friends? No, it's meaning a life. Yeah, meaningful. Well, what does that mean? What is a meaningful life? No, is what it- is the meaning of life? Yeah, it literally asks this question, right? How should you spend your time? People in this movie are constantly just letting their time go by. They have nothing to show for it. And some of them feel ashamed about that. And some of them are actually having a good time with what they're doing. Yeah. Right? And everybody's got a different version of what a happy life is. And Right. So Calm is depressed. That's kind of who his character is. He's nearing an older age. Right. He What he has, he calls the despair. Just kind of like a black hole where his yeah, life is. Yeah, isn't that like what Van Gogh is? I felt like it was well, very Van Gogh-y. It's the, it's the, you know, artist who... Uh, you know, he, he actually does self-mutilation in this movie, Brendan Gleeson, yeah. right? It, the whole point is he's not happy with his life and he tries to fill it with art when he doesn't realize that, hey, maybe what matters in life is relationships, right? He's getting an older age. He's depressed. Maybe he doesn't like what his life has gone well, so far. Well, also, they're, in, they're implying, like, you know, he's... He's, he's a little bit uh, out the door. He could, like, he could die. Well, he's in a few, he's a 70 years old. He could live for another 20. He could yeah. live for another two. But, but also, you know, this is taking place in, like, 19... 1923 yeah, Ireland. Na- yeah, like, you know, medicine's not at the cutting age. Something happens to him. He's done. Honestly, I, I'm going to be surprised. Like, Khal Drogo, he doesn't, like, you know, he, he doesn't put in the right disinfectant with that after cutting off his finger. He could die just from that. Like, yeah, honestly. like, is he seeing a doctor after doing that? Nah, he's doing, he's healing that shit up himself. He was not good. He could pour some alcohol on that. I, I guess it's I, okay, right? Well, so before we go further, should we talk a little? Uh, yeah. So Martin McDonough, Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson. This is the first thing they've done together since in Bruges. Yeah. Martin McDonough made a short movie in 2004, Six Shooter. Got got like some indie acclaim for a short. 
Then he made in Bruges in 2008, and it was it's a massive hit. People still love it till this day. Well, his idea was, I'm going to make this movie, but I'll go back to what I actually originally was going to do, which is plays and being a being a big playwright. And then yeah, yeah. what a lot of people thought he was just going to continue doing plays after the movie, and then he's like, you know what? In Bruges is a fucking dope movie. Yeah, so yeah. he made three more movies after. Yeah, yeah. But um, in Bruges was this massive coming out party. It's one of the movies that like basically people are like, oh, Colin Farrell is a movie star. Like it was, and it was this huge coming out. He does that. He uh, in two thousand and twelve, he does Seven Psychopaths. Not his best work, but I, I'm a big fan. I'm actually a fan of it. That's I mean, overall, film. he's a pretty hit or miss director. Say what you want about Three Billboards, um, and a lot of people have issues with it, but I think overall his work gets better and better as the years go along. Yeah, personally. yeah. I, I, you know, actually, the more time I give to Three Billboards, I think the issue with Three Billboards is we were just giving it too much. It was just getting too much Oscar acclaim. Right. Obviously, it's not the best picture, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a very good movie. Do I think it's one of the best movies of in 88 years? No, I, no. I, I really don't, right? But I think it's a contemporary movie that fits in the time period it was in. And yeah. that's why people liked it a lot. And it was a good, uh, also he gets very good performances from his actors. Yeah, he always he gets, gets good performances, he, right? But our problem was never the performances, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and so, three billboards. And then we get to Banshees, which is the most deeply funny and sad and heartwarming and heartbreaking movie all at the same time. Well, and also, it's this movie that's about so many things, but yet at the same time, it's not really about. It's, it's a movie about a bunch of people discovering what life is in a small town. It's a movie you can watch in any time period, in any place, at any time. And it could be relevant because they're asking questions that everybody's always asked no matter what age you are. But also I'm saying it's not like this big like So it's not a movie heavy on plot. It's a movie heavy on themes and asking questions. But they're not like, you know, this like there isn't this like constantly progressing story. You're just like waiting. You're like, oh, you know, is the sister going to move? Is Brendan Gleeson going to finally talk to him? Like it, that's how that, far are we gonna take this? Yeah, this little how ruse. far is this concept gonna go? That's all we're asking. Right, again, you, you come for the comedy because it is deeply funny. Yeah. you're laughing the entire movie, but towards the middle, you're like asking yourself, like, oh, I have the same questions. Maybe the these characters do. Am I am I be, am I better off than them because I'm not in this this town in Italy? Yeah, like I mean, in, in Ireland, and that I mean, that's I think what makes some of these great movies is. Can you leave the movie asking yourself a question about your own life that is the same question the characters are asking, right? You're walking out of, uh, I've seen, I've ta- thought about Glengarry Glen Ross a lot lately. You're walking out of Glengarry Glen Ross, you're like, what's the point of my job, right? And, and what I doing doesn't matter. Do I need to do all this to put food on the table? What's the point of, of our oh, whole... Oh, yeah, put food on the table. No, I'm saying our whole economic system is it built on what I'm doing, and Alex, is you, what I'm doing any good? You, you got you to gotta go Al Pacino, though. When, when, I, I cannot do an you, Al Pacino. You, you got to go a good Al Pacino when you're talking to Gary. Oh, I can't. I'm not doing the Al Pacino gun, Gary. Al Pacino's doing fine in Glengarry. He's, he's got a nice car. No, right. no, I mean the accent. You got to, you got to do the, the. I can't do that, but you know the accent. <laughs> She's got a. I can't do it. She's got a great ass. I can't do it. It's, it's not what I got. We don't have any Italian blood in our bodies. No, no, no. Pure Jew. Pure, pure Jew. Why'd you say pure Jew? Yeah, yeah pure well, you, Jew. You could be an Italian Jew, though. No, no, didn't mom and dad like they did? No, their, they uh... don't. But you could be an Italian Jew. Nothing yeah, stopping are, you. Yeah, but we're not. Oh, we're not Italian Jews, right? <laughs> right. So Farrell. He's kind of the lead of our story. He's the friend that Comb Doherty doesn't speak to. He says he's going to cut off his fingers. And Pharaoh's a pretty happy-go-lucky guy. Yeah, well, what you can tell from on this island, he seems like he's the happiest guy out there. Right, so he's got his he's got his animals he loves to hang out with. His sister cooks for him, and they chill. 
And, you know, he, he hangs out with his buddy Coleman at the bar at 2 p.m. every day. Every day. And that's what they do. They talk and about he, nothing. And people are like, he's not at the bar yet? What? You, he's your friend. What are you talking about? He's not at the bar. And, you know, and then they're constantly asking this question of, like, is there a problem? I don't want to hang out with him anymore. Am I, am I breaking any laws? Am I doing anything against God? And people are like, no, it's just not nice. And it's like. Well, when you're in a small town and everybody gets in your business the way they do in this town, it, you know, it can really erupt on you. And that's why so many people are having these kind of nervous breakdowns, because everybody is in your business all the time. You can't do anything. That's why if you're no good, that gets amplified. If you're good, that gets amplified. Right. If you're not, if you're not up to anything good right now, then nobody's even talking about you because you're in this small insulated bubble. Yeah. Right? And when Comb Doherty is playing his music and everybody's having a great time, he looks really happy yeah. because everybody's speaking about him at that time. So, so what do you think about about the whole civil war going on in the background? And we don't even know who's fighting who because, you know, we're like, it's, well, who's shooting who? Is it the IRA sh- shooting the, uh, the government? Is it vice versa? We don't even know who we're rooting for. There's a guy who's like, I'll go with whoever pays me. I don't even care. It's the... I mean, it, it gives you a little feel like we're on the brink of like extermination and what I do now actually does matter in a way maybe it didn't the day before. And like the walls are closing in on me if I'm Brendan Gleeson's character. Like I have to get going on what my life's goal is, which is maybe music. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But I have to figure that out for myself. But I can't. Well, though, to him, it's definitely music. That's what he says. He says what my he life. thinks his life's goal is actually yeah. music, right? But uh, again, it, it feels like the walls are closing in on these characters. They're in a small island. What? 2,000 people? Maybe less? Maybe less. Right? Like, uh, what am I going to do? 2,000 is a lot for that island. Right? Honestly. And it, it hits all our characters in a way that that feels so like... Like I, was, so, I think Fire Island was bigger than that. No, but it hits our characters in a way that feels so real. Like uh, his sister Siobhan, Siobhan, Carrie Condon, who seems to be coasting through life. She spends her nights reading alone, right? Yeah. But again, she doesn't write. She doesn't talk about the stories of anybody. All she does with her with the books is escape with them. Yeah, and then like there's this old woman who wants to hang out with her, and she's like, "No, I won't want to hang out with you." But I'm like, "What else are you doing with your life?" She again, she. All she does is read at nights and kind of chill. Maybe she and goes like, to the and, bar and, once and, a week. And she cooks the, the meals. Like, the absolute highlight of her whole week is, like, maybe I'll go have a sherry with my brother at the bar. Yeah, she was really excited. She was, it. like, really excited. I felt so bad, yeah. No, I mean, again, she, she's not even writing. She's not even talking about the stories yeah. with people. All she does is escape through these books. Well, so this is a uh, this kind of deals with a theme I'm always kind of asking about with movies, my movie characters. You know, it's about being reactive or proactive, and it seems like everybody in this town is you know they're following their model. They're all they're all pretty reactive based off whatever they see and whatever they have got going around them. And then I feel like uh, both uh, Brendan Gleeson is finally trying to do something proactive. To to get to uh, he's cutting to, to, he's cutting out yeah. feral so we can have yeah. time to, yeah, to yeah. write. But honestly, and I'm honestly just doing this right in the pod, having this thought. You know who else is very proactive in this movie? Is Carrie Condon's character Siobhan? Oh, I, Barry I, Keegan. I, Barry Keegan. Well, that's that's is, is, what I feel about Barry Keegan's character too. The town idiot. The town idiot is arguably one of the most proactive guys out there. He's he's constantly on the move trying to get stuff happening. Well, he's he's in a bad situation, right? His father beats him, abuses him, right? So what he does is he's like, "Can I live with uh can I live with you guys for a little bit?" Oh, 
I like your sister. He asks her out. Like he actually is is do is am trying to improve his life in a way that nobody really does in this town until the very end of the movie, yeah. right? And and maybe that's why he gets the short end of the stick at the end of the day. So do you think that's why oh, I don't want to spoil. Oh, you can spoil it. That's fine. Uh, would you think, so why why do you think he dies? That's the reason. I mean, listen, I don't know if that's the reason. What what specifically? The fact that he's being proactive? So are we so are we saying this rule being proactive is a bad thing? No, that's not what we're saying. Why does he die? Because because all the negative things happen when Brendan Gleeson makes a proactive choice that I don't want you in my life anymore, so I can do so I can spend more time doing my things. And everything catalyzes out and all the negative things happen. If Brendan Gleeson never made that decision and just said, you know what, we're gonna stay friends. She might have never left. The she island. wouldn't have left because she wouldn't have seen her future in in Brendan Gleeson's character. She she finally sees that her future could be exactly like Brendan Gleeson. She's like, I can't do this anymore. Everybody's gone crazy. Well, well also her brother wouldn't have been going even as crazy as he was, and, and she would her whole life could turn upside down. She's like, I have to actually do something. I can't let the world go past. I have to become a librarian. Go across the. I don't know how many hours. It could be like a three-hour trip even. Like, it doesn't have to be that far away. But, yeah. like, she has to leave. Um, I don't think she ever comes back. But let's, no, no, let's she see. she never comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so do you think... The, 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 Keegan, the Keegan death... Right, so he, he, he wants to be with Siobhan, so he asks her out. He wants to get away from his father, so he does his best to do it. And at the end of the day, he gets the short end of the stick. Why is that? Is that because he actually did the most? I don't know. Maybe it's because we needed to throw off our our viewers, and maybe he dies. Yeah, but you don't you don't just kill him off to throw off the viewer. Why not? The, I I feel like I feel like there, there, there's there's got to be a reason he's the one who dies. There can't it can't just be for nothing. I mean, he dies essentially because he's the naive one. He thinks. He thinks that well, he can really implement affect his now, life there in a way. There you go. There you go. The whole thing is like nobody. No, if you stay on this island, either you conform or you die. Like that's that that is that it? No, but nobody was telling him that he couldn't. No, no people. No, but his dad was literally beating him. He was beating him because his dad's an asshole. That's that's it. There was no reason why he was beating him. Again, because he because he had some actual mental issue. It's you know some birth defect issues maybe. Yeah, like I I think that has a lot to do with it. Right, right. But that has nothing to do with our character. So and our our character traits. So, so I I still when I was seeing the movie I was like, why is Barry Keegan the one who died? I'm telling. Well, I mean, if you just look at it the way from where we're looking at it, it's because he did try to affect his life, and it. I mean, because the thing is, Podrick had a really good life on the island. So it's it's not like you need to leave the island of Inishirin to have a good life, right? Because he really was having the best time he possibly could. And that, and I mean, at the end of the day, it goes to relationships. And not, that's not necessarily what you need to have a good life. But for him, that's all he needed. And Gleason couldn't figure that out. Gleason yeah. needed people to remember him because in his mind, that's the only way to have a life worth living. If yeah. people knew who you were, that matters just for, for yeah, some reason. But also, it really doesn't, because he didn't even know the right century of the person he was talking about. So right, he, because he thought he, he had an overinflated ego of himself, and yeah. the only smart person, Siobhan, actually left the island. Yep. Oh, but yeah, the Keegan death really gets me, and uh, the fact that, I've told you this before, is the Nobody is really a bad guy except for we're not rooting for the police. Other than yeah, other than the we're not rooting for that guy. But but Gleason, Condon, Keegan, um, and Colin Farrell—they're all real people, and they all 
kind of leave good lives and nothing really good happens to them throughout this movie, right? Yeah. I mean, deeply horrible real things happen to each one of them, right? Some worse than others, but they don't really deserve any of this stuff. And that's why it's really hard to watch this movie. And that's why I'm not laughing come third act time. I'm done. There's a lot of funny jokes still. Yeah. I'm not laughing at a single one. And that's why this is McDonough's best movie, right? Because he hits you harder. This is the saddest movie I've seen in a long, long time. I mean, it's definitely the saddest movie I've seen in a while, yeah. Right? And, I mean, the ending's not good. Like, you're glad Carrie Condon, Siobhan's character, gets out of there. But you're. I'm really sad because... Potterick's got nothing left. His sister left him. He's got no donkey. He's got no friend. He's got no well, sister. Donkey. I'm telling you, I was like, I was ready to cry. The donkey, because I was like, okay, you'll leave with your sister. You'll be good. And then I'm like, he can't leave with it. This movie can't end with him living with his sister. Can't. Right? And he gets that letter from her at the end, and you're just like, fuck, you got to get out of there, man. I'm like, I'm yelling at myself in the in my mind at the movie. I'm like, get out of there, my guy. Get out. What are you doing so there? Also, this, also, you know, this island could be seen as like a purgatory of, of sorts, you know? And, yeah, but Pyrrhic was having a good time there. He, he actually had a good life. No, I know what we're talking about. Once this all goes down, now they're all kind of at this standstill. They're kind of, they're all, and this, they're all having this, the civil war now. There's the civil war on this island now going on between these guys, much as there's a civil war going on in land. Because they literally say this, this is, this is till death. This right. is now, this is in the great freaking lines when he's like, no, nah, no, nah, this ends when one of us dies. That's like, that's great stuff. That is really good. I don't know how I how I even feel about that. Like I, I still am thinking about this film. This is like one of the films I thought I'm thinking about the most afterwards. It's not it's not Tar, because that's the movie I still think about more than anything. You still think about Tar more than Banshees? Oh, 100%. God, I really got it. I'm seeing Tar on Wednesday. So. Oh, 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 like I'll, I'll say this second and none. Tar is, I saw it like two, maybe three weeks ago. Still with me. Right, so I mean, when reviewing this movie, I mean, we, we I hold this really high. This is one of the best movies I've seen. This is this movie would probably like I'm not gonna tell you it's the number one movie yet because there's still a lot of movies left so, to so go. You, so, but for you right now, it's your favorite movie of the year. So it's far. my favorite. It's above Top Gun Maverick. It's above the Batman. It's above Barbarian. And all my friends hate me. And a long list of other awesome movies I've seen this year. This movie hits you harder than all of them combined, I think. For you, yeah, it's not. You don't my... think it hits you harder though? Oh, it, I think it's... this movie's a gut punch. I, I do think this movie. You know why? Because gut punches you more than others do. It asks questions that literally every human has asked yeah. before. Like, what? What's? What's our purpose? Yeah. Is it relationships? Is it my career? Is it my like? What is it? Like, this is definitely one of my favorites. And it's it, just not the. It doesn't answer any questions either, which is so fucking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Well, well, it's, it's like life, you know, we, we only can pose questions. We, we just got to continue going. And, yeah. You know, hopefully we're making the right decisions. Hopefully. Right. And if not, we got to, you know, we got to roll with the punches. Right. And these are decisions. Because when they make a really big decision about the mutilation, it's like, this is an act I cannot take back. I will never like, have my like, fingers back. He's the and he's doing this so he can work on his music. And he's like, "Fuck you! I'll I'll play a uh, violin with one hand." 
I do love that when he's playing with one hand and he's throwing it up in the air. I'm God. like, that's great stuff. This, it, it, what's so cool is that the beginning of this 20 minutes, 30 minutes in, it plays like a Family Guy skit. Like you're like, am I just watching several Family Guy skits? Is Gary Condon Lois and is Colin Farrell Peter and Brendan Gleeson's like Joe? Like what's going on? And then you turn to this like deeply sadistic. Wait, wait, wait. So in this thing is what's his face? Quagmire. Barry Keegan. Is Barry Keegan. Barry Keegan's Quagmire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe he is. Yeah, Barry he's always he's looking after girls. He's no, no, no. He's quite he's he's not Cleveland, he's Quagmire. Right. Um there's no Cleveland. There's no Cleveland. The, or the donkey could be Cleveland. That's racist right there, I'll tell you. Oh, that. I wouldn't I didn't even think of it like that. I was just because Cleveland it's doesn't fine. do a lot it's of okay. stuff. It's okay. You're all good. Not a problem. But I'm, like, I'm gonna get cancelled now. Yeah, by who? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's the whole thing by who. Uh, again, I hold this pretty high, but in terms of Oscars, where are we putting this? We had we're, we're thinking best original screenplay, no doubt. I don't think a screenplay comes close to this one this year. Uh, I I'll still take. Uh, there's still two scripts. You're taking Tar over this script wise. Oh Come yeah, I'm on. taking I'm taking Tar the script over this. Okay, and I'm also taking everything ever all at once over this. The script. The script. Okay. Oh, who, who, do, who do you think is actually gonna win though? I got Banshees. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if Banshees actually ended up winning it. Because uh, the, the Oscars is never about what I actually like the most. It's about winning and liking are two right. different things. I think people are going to see this because of the trio back together as well. People like Oscar voters are going to watch this movie. Yeah, Because well, people he, fucking he, love Bruce. Here, but here's also the other thing you got to calculate. He won last uh, He won last time. He won for three billboards. Yes. And maybe he shouldn't have won. Yeah, yeah. People are always like, also like... Oh, well, he won for that one. We can't give him two Oscars in a row. Right, but Farrell did win um, at, uh, I believe he won TIFF. Am I wrong? For the actor, best actor. Who? Farrell. Oh, did he win TIFF? Yeah, I think he won. Or he won a different film I know festival. what movie won TIFF. But no, I no, no, no. I think he won TIFF, the, again, best actor. I would not be surprised to call him Farrell. No, this is maybe my favorite Farrell character out, outside of the Penguin. First of all, great year for Farrell. Uh, oh, I was actually looking at his IMDb. Absolute crazy fair. First of all, Batman, you, you play. I I still think I would. I love his penguin. <laughs> I love right his and, penguin. And then he comes up and he plays like a a random farmer off the coast of Ireland. I think he also has another movie this year. He probably does. He's always working like thirty jobs. Well, so he did a whole mini series last year. Yeah, again, he's always working. And I I I think both him and Gleason may get nominated. I think they. Were- I hope Kerry Condon, who's actually my favorite character in this. Story. I hope she. Oh yeah, he did a whole other movie this year. What would he do? He did Thirteen Lives. Right, right. But he right. did a Ron Howard movie that I actually don't think is that bad. I actually, I actually kind of enjoyed that movie. Reeves, uh, Howard, and McDonough. That's a what a year, honestly. Nothing yeah. but just great directors. Yeah, he's working. He's, he's, he's doing he's good really, work. He's really paved his own career because he's never like other than. Like doing some Spielberg movies, he was never like he never took like, oh he yeah, never had oh, like yeah. a big like but this, franchise success. But this allows him to open on movies like The Lobster that he actually really cares about. Exactly. And he, first of all, he can make that movie better because usually you're not gonna be able to get a guy like Pharaoh because he's working on the big IP stuff. But Pharaoh's like, fuck you, I'm gonna work on whatever I want to like, because he is your, he's talented enough to do it. Like, well, what what kind of franchise stuff is it? He what he did the Miami Vice. Movie. I'm saying, but a guy like him could, if he wanted to, do a franchise role and make it really good. Yeah. But he chooses to open movies like The Lobster. Exactly. And, and open movies like Banshees. And he does such awesome. Oh, i got to say Lobster is, is a favorite of mine. I'm saying, Lobster but, is. I think this is my favorite Feral. 
This, this they, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if you're favorite. Also, I know people love him in uh, um, the Tom Cruise movie. Um, Which Tom Cruise movie? Spielberg, Tom Cruise. Uh, War of the Worlds. No, the other one. Minority Report. Minority. He's great. He's good Minority cop Report. In Minority Report. He's hey, really he good. Could have been doing roles like that, but instead he chooses to do this great yeah. stuff. Um, I think Gleason and Farrell will get nominated. I said that. I think McDonough will probably. I, th- I, th- I think the, I think he's going to get picture. No, no, he'll be nominated for best director too. Probably. I'm I calling that. Well, let's run our course. Who directed Tar? Oh, to- oh, Todd. Todd Field. Todd Field, right? Todd Field's getting directed. Getting nominated. Todd Field. Um, the king. I don't know how it works with the Daniels. Oh, well, they would get a co-nomination. It would be one. It would only count as one nomination. Yeah, they get a co-nomination. Probably Spielberg for the Fablemans. You think that the Daniels will get nominated? I think it's possible. Do, do, do you think every... like? I think I, it will be nominated for Best Picture. Because it, it, people are still talking about it. I, First of all, and everybody saw it. I, everybody, I would, A24. would make me I think it, is that Has A24 won a Best Picture yet? Moon, yeah. Moonlight, right? Moonlight. Yeah, Moonlight. So, but that was that was 2016. Yeah, it's a long time ago, six years. Yeah, especially for a production company that everybody knows okay. about today. Okay, so let me ask you a real, real question. You think it's even got a shot at the dub? I think. Because I know this movie is not going to win Best Picture. It's no, not it's not. I, I think it should, but it's not. Um, first of all, so generally, obviously, genre movies do not win Best Picture. Oh, it's it's I. And that is... I can't think of a genre movie. Right. That, and that... Like, it, the closest thing I can think of to a genre film is, like... Well, first of all, cowboy movies don't count. No, westerns do not count. Westerns don't count. Because westerns is a setting. It's not a genre. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, western, now it's considered a genre. Yeah, yeah, But fine. it's... Uh, uh, Shape of Water is a romance. We're not counting. Oh, well, no, I consider that a genre because it's... Uh, but Shape of Water... It's weird that Shape of Water won. That, just, I don't think... I don't think Shape of Water was the clear favorite. Yeah. Everybody made it. It was just like people just love Guillermo del Toro, so let's just give him an Oscar. That's that's what that's what happened. With what that one. won in twenty twenty? The 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 uh, what's it called? Nomadland. <sighs> yeah, Nomadland did win. Okay. And and you know what the fucked up thing is? What? We still have not seen Coda. <laughs> we haven't seen Coda. <laughs> seen. Again, but those are all genreless films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Parasite's a genreless like, film. Yeah, Parasite's not like the closest thing to genre it is is foreign. Like that's the okay. That's not a genre. No, that's what I'm saying. Um, Even if the Oscars won't well, treat it like, like a genre. Do you consider Silence of the Lamb a genre? Yeah, it's a thriller. So you got Silence of the Lamb. That was 91. Yeah, I know. I'm just throwing, like, I, I'm saying. So Forrest got, Gump is not a genre. Forrest Gump's not a genre. But I'm saying with Cowboys, you got uh, Unforgiven. Unforgiven is. 990 still. Actually, that may, that's a crime movie, though. It's a crime movie. You know, a, you know, it's a Western. It's all the themes are Western. Yeah, but it's also a crime movie. Yeah. You're usually not seeing crime movies with Departed. Departed's a genre movie. That's, Depart- a, yeah. that's a fucking cop yeah, 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 movie. Yeah. It's a cops and criminals film. Come on. Yeah, Departed 2006. 2007 Oscars probably, though. 2006 Oscars, I think the movie came out 2005. No, it was 2006, 2007 Oscars. It does not matter. does not matter, but I'm going to um, Yeah, check. so maybe this is my favorite movie of the year. But um, it's not mine. I still say everything ever all, all at once. Really? Still? Maybe. Honestly, I might even have to move Tar to number two. I fucking love Tar. It's not how crazy how far A twenty four has gotten. Where like, you'd think a, a a production company like that would only be known by like the scum of the film no, society. Everybody knows A twenty four. Everybody now. in the world knows who A twenty four is. They, they, have- they and they make the best TV shows. Some of the best TV shows we watch, they make them. They're involved in. Well, they do Euphoria and Rami. Yeah, two of our favorite, sh- two yeah. of our top tens of the year. 
40 is not in my top. Yeah, maybe not either. After Andor comes out, everything's moving down one. Yeah, I know. Andor is just that good. God, <laughs> can you? It's the best show Disney Plus has ever done. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's I say it's my favorite thing of, of Star Wars, other than maybe the, uh, you know, the, the Empire of... Strike Back. Like, oh, and also the Clone Wars Season 7. Come on. Oh, you mean that that whole final thing? A lot of the Clone War stuff is is really that. Yeah, good, it's just like you know they're doing it in live action, so it's just live like, action's a little different. The, the scale of this is different. Our care, it's not really Jedi's leading the way here. Exactly. Right, and obviously some of the Mando stuff, some of the Mando stuff is truly remarkable. You know, this is, I'm not insulting Mando by saying I like this even. Like more. Moff Gideon versus versus Din Djarin's fucking incredible. Like we yeah. love that shit. But this is a different level. This is like prestige TV level by a really good filmmaker. Yeah. And Filoni and Favreau. Again, Favreau's a phenomenal filmmaker, but this is a different level of TV. Though. This is Well, this is just when you just have a top-of-the-line writer like Gilroy. God, yeah. You have Gilroy Clayton. Being, you got Clayton. Michael what else, Clayton. What else you got every member of Gilroy's family. Dan. Like, you, like he's got his. He's also got his brother editing. He's got his other brother directing other yeah, episodes. I think Dan, Dan did episode eight. Really good. Narkina. Check that up. Check out the whole show if you have Check out those. I know you think the prison stuff is just some of the best thing you've ever oh, seen. Oh, the show only gets better. Every episode it literally gets only better. Only gets better. Shh. In episode six, if uh, by end episode six, you're not like, oh, this is just one of the best things out there. I don't know. No, if you're not that, yeah. If, by end, by like five, honestly. No, no, no. Six, because six, you actually have the whole heist. Yeah, but it's good before that. No, heist. I know it is, but I'm saying if you're not. Yeah, like, honestly, if you just watch episode one and two and you're like, I'm not really sold. Three. No, but know that each kind of three or four episodes is its own arc. And that's why the endings of some of these episodes are weird. Like, why are we ending you? This it, is like it, an act break. It does, yeah, yeah it, it is. It's just an act break. Yeah. That's all it is. You know, because they have to fill this many episodes. Yeah. Like, they're gonna they're making, what, 16 episodes of the Daredevil Born Again series? I, I think it's going to be a similar structure. Even, even 18. Right, I think it's going to be a similar structure. I would love it. Because yeah, how do like, you do 16 straight I, eps of, they, of, of they should, Daredevil? They should, they should talk to Gilroy. They should be like, yo, Gilroy, just just consult on our Daredevil show. No, you have a guy. Who 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 would you want coming in to make Daredevil? Like, who they... Who like, obviously, Chad's the Heliski, the guys who make John Wick. But, like, other than that guy. Oh, that would be... Like, epic. obviously, that's my number one well, pick. Who's the guy who's attached to the beginning and then he left to do uh, the Sinister Six? And then Sinister Six never happened. Which Sinister Six? Spider-Man Sinister Six. Which? The, the, there was the one... Sony Spider-Man or the Marvel Spider-Man? No, this was for Sony. But how... That was a long time this ago. This was a while. This is when season one of Daredevil came out. Oh, why can't they just get the guys who did the first three seasons of Daredevil? Well, no, because they always had a different guy do every season. No, they didn't. Yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah, they, they were But each season was all... Was so really actually, there's the guy who wrote the first episode, directed the first one. He was attached to do the whole show. I'm getting up his name right now. And he eventually uh, left the show because he was going to... Because he had to start writing Sinister Six. So they brought a new showrunner and we made season one. Then they brought a new guy for season two. And then a th the other guy for season three. Because all three seasons are pretty good. So are they... But also very different. Yeah, they've yeah. Season three is tremendously different from two, and two is really different from one. Obviously, one I think is overall the best, but three yeah, is yeah, yeah. three's got the best fight scenes. Yeah, yeah. let me get you this guy. Um... We gotta end though, so whatever. You look it up on your own time. All right, we are gone. Three, two, one.